thought to myself, me posting these images or me looking through, I'm not gonna remember this shit. What I will remember though, is having a moment with someone and connecting them with them and laughing. I'm gonna remember that. I'm not gonna remember what Janet727 posted six hours ago. I'm not gonna remember that shit. Or what, maybe what she said. So once I started to think about that, I'm like, okay, life is about moments. If life is about moments, the moments, the, the time that I'm spending to get these moments, I'm not even gonna remember. So let me spend some time with these moments I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember going out with my, my friend today, Dan, surfing, laughing, getting smacked. I'm gonna remember that. You know, nice words that were being said back and forth. I'm gonna remember that. I still, I, could, I don't know who, I, can't, I was on social media before I came here. I don't know what who posted two hours ago. I have no idea. So when I think about that, then it goes, okay, let me consciously spend my time elsewhere. That's gonna matter. Hi there, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the Veg Talk podcast. You just heard from business coach and activist Matt Karma. I am your host, Matthew Davey. Thank you for joining me today. Stoked to have you here. Really pumped about today's show. I, I hope you enjoy it. For those of you who have been tuning in over the past six months or so, you know that my partner Anna and I are on the road. We left our jobs and decided to pursue some creative projects that we are passionate about catch up with our families who live in Mexico and Australia and also see what this beautiful world has to offer. It has been an incredible time in our lives and an absolute privilege to speak with some amazing people in the plant-based and vegan community from around the USA, Canada, Australia and Indonesia. I hope you've enjoyed spending your time with my guests and I. If you'd like to let me know about your experience thus far, please message me at VegTalk. That's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. If you've been enjoying the show, I would really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes now or at the end of the show to leave a review and a rating on the podcast app. It only takes a couple of minutes and it helps get the message further into the wider community. At this stage, the show has somewhere around 25,000 total listens uh, and about 50 reviews. So I think we can get more people thinking about vegan lifestyles and plant-based eating by sharing and reviewing the show. So that is what I'm asking of you today, to lend a hand, share the show with a friend or a family member in your social network or leave a review. I look forward to continuing this project and thank those people who listen and support the show regularly. Now for this week's episode, number 35 with Matt Kama. Matt grew up in New South Wales, Australia. You'll hear about how Matt has struggled with weight and body image throughout his life and how that he continually checks in with himself through practices such as meditation and breath work. He has his own coaching business now. It's successful and he's living his dream life in Bali, Indonesia. It's been a journey, however, and you're going to hear all about how he's done it. Today, we're going to learn about Matt's upbringing, relationship with money, dealing with adversity, and vocalizing your dreams to the universe. If you want to check out Matt online, please go to mattkammer.com and also matt underscore kammer on IG. He's a fantastic resource for personal development and business coaching, so I highly recommend you having a, a look at what he's got to offer. Now, let's get into it, guys. As always, I'll see you on the other side. Cool. So we are here again in Bali today. Um, beautiful place. It's probably our last interview in Bali uh, before we head off. So uh, we're here with Matt. Is it Kama or Kama? 
Karma, but most people say Kama, but I have to always correct them. But Karma, Karma. that you yeah. pulled that up. Matt Karma here. Uh, he's an Aussie living in Bali. Yes. Uh, reached out again via Instagram. He's kind enough to give up his time today. He's a busy man. Um, we're situated currently <laughs> in our villa's outdoor bathroom. You wouldn't know it. It's pretty nice. It's got uh-huh. some good stone walls and some plants going on. So does the job. It definitely does the job. But yeah, welcome, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm excited to excited to be on here. Yeah, stoked to have you. So where I usually start, and I think you've got a pretty interesting background yourself in terms of, you know, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and what life was like sure. um, in Australia for you. Yeah. Uh, and then we can, you know, we can take it from there. Before coming to Bali? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Let's see where you grew up. and. So I grew up in uh, a place called Newcastle in Australia. And um, I was there for majority of my teens. And then in high school, uh, I got bullied. And the reason was because when I first got in my very first year of high school, uh, I was at a sports high school. So going in there, if you were to walk in, you would see all these fit athletic kids walking around, like little kids, like veins popping out of their arms because everyone was super fit. And then if you were to look over, you would have saw this small chubby little dark kid walking around. And that was me. And I remember if looking at my photos and I had cankles, I had, I used to wear these really baggy clothing. I had my hat turned sideways. Like I thought I was gangster walking around and I look at those photos and laugh now, but back then it was really, really challenging because while all the other kids were fit, I was a chubby one and I used to get pointed out and laughed at all the time. And it was really hard. And that's really what helped me go on the journey of health and fitness because I had so much pain going on that it caused me to want to better myself. I remember times coming back from school and looking at myself up and down in the mirror and just grabbing the fat on my stomach and just wanting to just rip it off, you know? I remember times avoiding going to the beach, like lying and saying that I can't go because I'm sick or making up some excuse, but the truth was that I just didn't want to take off my shirt in front of people. Or if I did go into the water, I'd go into the water with my shirt on, which I got laughed at even more. But the truth was I just had so much fear around showing my body because the internal conversation going on was I'm fat, I'm disgusting, I'm not good enough, and so on. And what happened was I started to train because I had so much pain. And the funny thing was that when I started to lose all this weight and I didn't see family for a really long time, they looked at me and they're like, Matt, you're looking so healthy and fit now. But this was when I was a personal trainer, like two years in. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, even though that my body changed, I still didn't feel good about myself. And that's when it all clicked. And I thought to myself that I can transform the way that I look, but if I don't transform the way that I see, then nothing actually shifts. And now that's when I I started to become a personal trainer. I started to not just help people with training and nutrition, but psychology. That the most important thing is that Let's transform the way that you see before you transform the way that you look. And that's really what I felt like set me apart when I was doing health and fitness coaching because when people came in like, Matt, I just can't stop binge eating. I need, I need help with that. And I say to them that binge eating isn't the problem. Binge eating is a solution. It is the solution to some type of pain that's going on underneath that hasn't been looked at. And food is the way that you go to numb or avoid this emotion that's going on. So let's look at that. Let's look at the psychology. Let's look at those, those emotions that haven't been looked at. And then a natural byproduct of doing that 
is changing the the addiction, the habit of reaching for food all the time. So that's where I started. I started in the health and fitness field, and now um, being a personal trainer and building my business online, which wasn't easy. Uh, now I'm helping other personal trainers and health and fitness coaches build their business online. So I'm loving it. It's a it's a really big passion of mine, helping people you know, build their business and create their dream life and helping other people as well. So it's really cool. That is, that's an awesome story. Yeah. Does, how long does that stick with you and how do you deal with, um, you know, looking inward and, and facing the fears that you had as a younger guy? Yeah. Uh, was there a process there that you undertook like consciously? Yeah, that's a really good yeah. question. Um, I feel like it's a never ending journey that there's always more layers of the onion that I I, I'm, there's times where I'll deal with some type of trauma that, that I, that, or some type of limiting belief around my body and I think to myself, I'm good, but then something else happens and I get triggered and I'm like, oh, there's still more work to do. Today, for example, I went surfing with a friend and he had his shirt off and I noticed my mind comparing his body to my body and I started to get uh, a little bit self-conscious of myself. But the difference is I can become aware of that and I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's the bully who was telling you that you're not good enough. That's the that's the twelve year old who was saying that you're fat, Matt. That's not me. That's my mind. And the difference now is that I can disassociate from these thoughts that are going on and just become aware and just look at just look at the thoughts, not become attached to it. So it still happens, but for me, meditation has really helped. Doing breath work. I'm not too sure if you're aware of that, but that's really helped. Doing breath work and um, incantations. Incantations are just like affirmations, but speaking that what you wish to believe, speaking that what you wish to become. And I feel like if you're gonna look at yourself in the mirror every day and you say you're ugly, you're disgusting, you're, you, you're not good enough, you say that for 30 minutes every single day, that's gonna have an effect of how you see yourself. And if you do the opposite, what's gonna happen is you're gonna change your beliefs and your beliefs distort your perception of reality. So. For me, incantations has really helped, saying things out loud again and again while I'm running or um, while I'm looking at myself in the mirror, doing some mirror work, that's really helped. Wow, cool. Yeah. So incantations, kind of like chanting? Chanting, yeah. 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 I know the, the Hare Krishna is kind of, you know, they're all about that. Yeah. Um, they definitely use chanting mm-hmm. um, in their religion or their practice. Yeah. Um, are there any specific chance that you like have daily or anything for me when i was just beginning my journey i made up this song because if it had the time where you listen to a song and that tune just stays in your mind for so long you just can't get rid of it so i thought to myself okay that's imprinting my my subconscious i know at some level and if i can create a song like that that affects me positively i know that it's going to help me in some way so I, I created something that i used to say to myself again and again I used to say, self-love is the best love. I love myself so much. I see myself as perfection. I see I'm more than enough. And I'd say that while running. I'd say that in the shower, like again and again and again. And slowly but surely, I started to transform the way that I saw myself. So that's something that I created. I feel like if anyone's going through something, they have a limiting belief, creating a song uh, that empowers you and is catchy and is memorable, I feel like it can be really powerful in transforming your minds. And then breath work. What is breath work? How does it, you know, usually go down? I've never done it myself, but I follow a guy that you might know, I'm not sure, Lucas Mack. Yes. Um, tattoo artist. Luke. Yes. Um, haven't, he's not in Bali right now. I think no. he's back in Melbourne where we've come from. So I think we've 
we've missed each other. I'd love to have him on the pod. Yes. Um, and he does a bunch of breath work. Yeah. You know, I think it's the O2 Awakening around yes. around the world now, which yeah. is which is really cool. So, could you go into breath work a bit and what what it brings up? Yeah. Shout out to Lucas as well because he's the one that uh, where I really started to go into it. So I'll tell you a story of how I met him, and then I'll tell you about the of how it all happened. So I was. I came to Bali and I'll, I'm sure I'll share that story uh, in a second. But when I came to Bali, I went to a place called Ubud for the first three days. And I was walking down the road and I went to this cafe and I got a message, a DM on my Instagram. And it was from Lucas. And he said, this is so weird, man. He said something along the lines of, I, was j- I just found your YouTube ch- uh, channel last night and I've just been watching your YouTube videos. And then I'm walking down the street and I see you walking down. And he said, are you in... Changu right now uh, are you in Ubud right now I said yeah man that's super weird he's like man we should like catch up and get some food or go for a training session one day and I'm like yeah man I'm down and we met up and uh, he started to tell me about breath work and I was like yeah that sounds super powerful I'm, I'm down to do it and we we met up we did a we did a video if you look on my on my YouTube channel you just type in Matt Karma the I, I recorded it and it's called changing my relationship with money you just type in Matt Karma, changing my relationship with money, you'll see that video of me going through that, that process. And he describes what, that, what, it, what it's all about in that video, but my understanding of it is that you're using breath to release trauma because everyone has a backpack of trauma that hasn't been looked at, some type of traumatic event as a child or even just recently. And we can either face the trauma or we can numb or avoid it. And breathwork... For an hour, you're just sitting down and doing a process, just using breath to access those past memories and releasing it somatically, which is releasing it through tears, releasing it through anger, releasing it through screaming. And it's a really powerful process that has helped me a ton. And he came to my retreat um, in November, so a few months ago, and he did it for all of my guests. And it was a really powerful process. So yeah, if you ever, if you ever get a chance to do breath work, definitely check it out. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's something I'd like to try. Yeah. He's the person that kind of piqued my interest on that. The first time I saw him was actually through the brand Ethics. Yeah. Um, and he did a design for them. Yeah, I and saw that, that when he collaborated with them. Yeah, that's when I found out that he was a tattoo artist and I liked his art. Really yeah. cool. And then he started going down this journey of breathwork. So yeah. I followed that and it does sound cool. And I've spoken to other people that have tried it and they you know, like to put it in their daily practice. Yeah. Um, so, well, I'll tell you what happened yeah. for me because I didn't actually share what came up in that process. Right. So when I first got to Bali, I had a really bad relationship with money, like super ineffective. I would always spend money. I would, if No matter how much income I, because I was a personal trainer for five years, no matter how many clients that I started to gain and how much income I would get each week, I'd always find a way to get rid of all of it. I would I was always find a way to get to the same amount in my bank account pretty much, right? And I didn't question like why that happened. And when I got to Bali and I did that breathwork process, I started to access all these memories that I had no idea existed. And I started to remember as a child, there was a, there was a memory, there was an event that happened where I had all this money and my mom, I was about to go get a, an Xbox. And the Xboxes at the time, when the Xbox One first came out, that was super expensive. And my mom trusted me to have all this money to go and buy it. And we're walking and then we went to the store and I started to check my pockets for the money and I lost it. And I remember my mom looking at me and she's like, you can't be trusted with money. All of the money that I give you, you just lose it all the time. 
and that imprinted in my subconscious. So that stayed with me for so long. I carried that throughout the 23 years or 24 years of life. So no matter how much money I'd get in my mind, subconsciously, it was like, all the money that you get, you always lose it, you know? And I remember going through that and just crying. And I was like, I didn't even know that existed. So straight after that, I started to do a lot of releasing. And then all I saw was my bank account go up and up and up and up and up. So that's the power of releasing some shit that you've been carrying around with you. No, it definitely yeah. sounds beneficial. Um, has it helped other things in your life? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Just just um, going through breakups, like things that uh, I haven't really released. You know, I can meditate or I can think to myself positive thoughts that, you know, everything happens for a reason and I can get that mentally. But in the body, my body's telling me something totally different. And through breath work, when I release that through the body, then it's very easy for me to think positive thoughts. You know? Got it. So you're at a place of kind of clarity. Yeah. And you are able to make the decisions that you really want to be making. Yes. There's no, there's nothing that's a barrier. Yeah. Or the barrier is brought down at least. Yeah. Because it is something, you know, we all, it's not like a magic fix. You yeah. don't do, you know, meditation once or breath work once and you're, you're clear forever. Yeah. You know, and you're going to make every decision like exactly how you want to. You want to feel exactly how you want to yes. the whole time. Yeah. It's something that we need to continue because uh, more fears are going to come up along the way. I've got no doubt. You just said you, you know, faced something this morning at, at the surf. Yes. Um, so It's always going to happen. You can't yeah. like these trees around us right now. You can't just go, I'm just going to water these trees just once and then they're going to be good for life. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a continual process. Just like going to the gym. You can't do 10 barbell curls and be like, I'm set. These, these biceps are going to grow. Same thing with the mind. You can't just do incantations once or meditate once and think that you're going to respond rather than react or think positive rather than negative thoughts. It's a continual process of watering the garden of your minds. And Tony Robbins says that weeds grow automatically. You know, So we have to continually pull those weeds out and plant things that's going to help us grow. So that's the way that I see it. Like it, yeah. Maybe we'll get into Tony Robbins in a bit. Um, but I do want to go back to the personal training. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got a point of difference. Psychology. Yeah. Teaching people how to train their mind as well as their body. Mm -hmm. What kind of nutrition did you have at that point? Yeah. Was it the typical kind of, you know, broccoli, sweet potato, steamed chicken kind of diet? Bro, or exactly was that. Yeah. So it was broccoli, sweet potato, chicken, uh, three to four times a day. I used to go to work for... Three, three, two or three years of my personal, when I first became a personal trainer, that's what I was eating. I would prepare it on a Sunday for the whole entire week. I'd freeze it. And I was just a typical personal trainer, the typical gym goer that would just go to the gym, eat chicken, broccoli, and sweet potato, and that would be my life. And there was a moment when it all shifted. But before it all shifted, I'd, I actually remember I had one client, she was a vegetarian. And I remember I used to eat kangaroo as well, which just thinking about that now is just insane so weird so a lot of my listeners are from america okay so because we base this out of america yes to them you might have a few people in their cars or at home freaking out here <laughs> and that it's quite normal unfortunately in so australia normal. to yeah. have kangaroo on the menu i think we're the only country in the world that eat their coat of arms yes um, so interesting. i've heard that that might not be 100 percent fact but emu kangaroo 
yeah. known to eat both. Yes. Um, two vegans sitting across from each other now that have both had kangaroo. Yeah. It's kind of weird to look back on. It's really weird. Yeah. So I had like a, any other animal, but yeah, like yeah. any, any I'll other let you. Yeah, I'll let you keep going. Just wanted to fill fill the listener in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember I had a client, and I remember eating kangaroo in front of her. She was a vegetarian, and I, she was she used to like get really angry at me. I'm like, why would you get angry? It's just a kangaroo. I remember thinking that to myself, and there was a moment when it all shifted my perspective on what I was eating and what I considered what food was, right? And I was in the staff room one day. It was at the end of the night. It was about 8 p.m. at night time. I just finished training a ton of clients. I just finished eating, I'd say steak, but really it was a cow. And I was eating. And as you do, scrolling through Facebook, throwing, throwing, scrolling through social media at the time. And I just finished eating. And then I come across a video. I have no idea who this lady, well, I think she was a lady. I'm pretty sure from memory it was a lady. I have no idea who this person was just a random person on, on my Facebook friends, right? And she had a video that she reposted and it was called Farm to Fridge. Do you know that? Do you Have you seen that before? Don't think I've seen it, no. So Farm to Fridge, it was a 12 minute video and I hit play and 30 seconds in, I nearly was throwing up for what I was seeing. It was showing the process of the food that ends up on our plate, how that actually happens. And for me, I never questioned, I never thought to myself, how is this food, air quotes, how is this food that I'm eating right now? How did it end up here? What was the process? What was the process behind the product? Never questioned it, never got taught it, never saw it. And that was the very first moment when I started to see it. And I thought to myself, after watching this, it was shown all the industries, the egg industry, the chicken industry. If you haven't seen it yet, go and watch Farm the Fridge on YouTube. It's a short clip and I saw that and straight afterwards, I thought to myself, there is no way in hell I can eat another animal product in my whole entire life after seeing that. And I made the decision that I was going to go vegan. Had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I just thought to myself, I'm, I can't eat this. And that set my journey on uh, going vegan. I went vegan for about two months and then went back to vegetarianism and then went vegan again after finding out what actually happens. And that's how it all started, you know, seeing, seeing that movie, seeing that little clip. It's often that it's a clip or, you know, a documentary or a book or, you yeah. know, something, a podcast yeah. that we hear that starts to spark, you know, the internal conversation yes. with yourself. Yeah. And most of us, I don't think many of us grow up seeing the process no. of, a, you know, an animal growing up, going through a slaughterhouse. Yeah and ending up on the barbecue, yeah. which is where I saw, you know, most of the animals I was eating yes. as a kid. Yeah. That was the first place you see them or in the, you know, in the supermarket. Yeah. I feel like just like we start to see what can happen with cigarettes, like how, I don't know if it happens in America, but in Australia, they show pictures of what happens when you eat, ci when you eat cigarettes. That'd be super weird. When you smoke <laughs> cigarettes, right? They show the, what happens to your teeth, what happens to your feet, what happens to your lungs. And I feel like that should happen as well when on packages of animals when you're about to eat a, a cow steak there should be an image of this is how it happened or this is what can happen i feel like if that happens a lot more people would wake up or that and this is a class 2a carcinogen yes red meat yes that should be listed that should be listed yeah i i was in california uh, not long before we came out this way to you know asia and australia 
And there was a bread product yeah. that had some chemical compound in it. I think it was a, as a result of the cooking process, not even added. Yeah. State of California recognizes this as a carcinogen, something along those lines. And me and Nana were looking at each other like, what the fuck? On a, on a loaf of bread? Like, yeah. this is quite bizarre. But to be able to get that warning uh, from your state government, for bread. For bread. I mean, <laughs> shit. It's, I think it's a step in the right direction For to sure. be conscious of, of, you know, what might be in something we see as just completely, you know, part of our day to day and you wouldn't second guess it. Mm. Um, but, you know, obviously meat has uh, probably some more detrimental, you know, components to yeah. it. After this, how does it affect, does it affect your, your, personal coaching business because this is a you know pretty big shift for you and i'm assuming as a you know uh, a personal trainer that's in the gym a lot you've probably got some questions for yourself i don't know if um you know well i don't know how it went what what happened after making the switch uh that's a really good question i haven't i haven't really thought about that when i was going back to when i was a personal trainer um i can't really remember if it affected to be honest the thought that i can't even remember i'm i'm guessing that it didn't you know and I think that even if it did, that it would, it's a good filtering system because the people who I do want to work with, even today, like I still put stuff on my profile, even as a business coach. And if people don't, uh, if people steer away from that, steer away from me just because I post stuff about that, then that's all good. One, I understand because I probably would have done that. And two, the people that I really want to work with are the people who are compassionate, who are open-minded, who are who aren't so set in their belief systems, who are willing to take a deeper look at things that they've been taught growing up, you know? So I think it's a good filtering system and um, I'm sure it has in some way, but it's all good. No, absolutely. Yeah, it must be refreshing Yeah, talking with people that are on the same kind of wavelength as yourself Yeah, uh, in some way, shape or form. You yeah. can have open conversation about, you know, things that, others and we all have as well at some point where you put the you know you kind of put the defensive mechanisms up and you you don't really want to get too deep on um you know certain topics like eating animals yes now i mean we're sitting here in bali so i'm i'm pretty interested in in what happens between you know being a personal trainer uh, and then deciding to move to bali uh, what happened in between you know that phase of your life yeah so this is, this is a crazy story um do you believe in, what, what's your thoughts on like the universe god do you what's your what's your belief system so if you had to start talking to me four years ago i would have said you know don't believe in god yeah. not religious yeah. um any of spirit any of any of the spiritual kind of uh you know thoughts are a woo-woo and i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to know anything about it yeah and that was my honest um kind of perspective on it and maybe it wasn't my you know it's it's shaped by the environment that you're in yeah um i think that that plays a certain part but having you know opened my mind to one thing which is becoming vegan something i thought I'd, i would never do yeah um yeah i i tend to call it the universe i like that term yeah um and yeah i think when we when we put things out there and we work on them I don't know. Manifest. Things seem to kind of fall into place, and and you hear story. We heard a, an amazing story yesterday uh, from the the couple yeah. uh, that 
um, that we interviewed. And yeah, basically the guy they, and the girl, they'd been dating previously, three years prior to this date. Yeah. They broke up, had three years apart, no talking um, in that time. And he had a dream about her that night that he was going to this concert. It was a Chet Faker concert. And um, he took her. Wow. And he had that dream. He woke up and he felt like like it was real. Yeah. And he's like, I got a message. I got a messenger. So messaged her. Oh, I had this dream about you, you know, uh, this concert. Do you want to come to the concert with me? Like, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. She gets the last ticket off like, you know, a, a, a ticket share website because yeah. uh, the event was sold out. And um, they go together and now they're traveling the world together. So things like Stuff that like and that hearing happens. that. Yeah. I like to believe it now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm open to that and I'm definitely not closing off that. Yeah. Uh, that kind of window. For so sure. now yeah. that you've interviewed me, <laughs> we'll swing the, <laughs> we'll, we'll swing the table back around. And, For sure. Yeah. So the reason why I share that is because I asked that was because uh, actually you, you'll hear what happens. So it was, let me rewind you back to set you up for what happened. It was July 24th, 2016. And the reason why I remember that date was because I was at a seminar and my birthday is July 23rd. So I was there for that weekend. So July 24th, I was at this event learning how to listen to your intuition. This was the first time I started to learn about this, that you know, listening to your intuition, listening to the first thought, that that's the intuition telling you, quiet the mind, listen to what your heart's telling you to do. That was so, I, I didn't know about that. And the whole weekend was all about that. And long story short, in that weekend, we did a lot of meditation, a lot of quiet in the mind, a lot of processes to learn how to listen to your heart. And in there, it was so loud and clear that my heart was screaming at me, leave your bootcamp business, leave your personal training business. Now for me, in that time frame, I was still putting content out on YouTube. I was releasing online products. It wasn't working out. I lost a ton of money and I thought to myself, I can't leave my bootcamp business because if I do, it's only, it's gonna, the same thing that's happened is gonna happen again. I'm gonna lose money. People aren't gonna wanna buy from me. I was putting out, I put out 150 different videos on my YouTube channel and each video averaging around 30 to 40 views before I started to get some traction. And at the time, I thought to myself, I can't leave bootcamp. I have nothing to fall back on. I have no safety net. Had no money saved as well because I had the worst relationship with money. But my heart was telling me, leave. I leave, that, I leave that seminar and for about four months, you know when you know something, you can't unknow it. Kind of like when you see a slaughterhouse video, you can't like, you, 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 it's there. You have to like really work hard at ignoring what's, what actually happens. So that's what happened to me. I had that loud message, leave bootcamp, leave bootcamp, leave bootcamp. So every single time I went to bootcamp, I was like, this isn't it, this isn't for me. This isn't what I'm here to do. There's something else. I don't know what it is, but I know that this isn't it. And for four months, I was battling with my heart. And I remember I was at the gym one time. It was late at night time. It was about 9 p.m. and the gym was closing. I was at the sauna meditating. And something within me just said, just go for a walk. Don't go home yet. Just go for a walk. So I went to this lake and I was here. It was really a nice night. I was like by myself. It was really quiet. And I sat at this lake for about 10 minutes, just looking out at everything, super calm water. And I was just thinking, thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Because I know that I'm not meant to be doing boot camp, but I'm fearful of making the decision to take the leap because I have no safety net. I don't know how things are going to, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but something's telling me to leave. And I thought to myself, I just need a sign. 
I need a sign to, to know that it's going to be okay. And I don't want it to be ambiguous. I don't want it. To, I don't want the sign to happen and be like, was that actually the sign? I don't even know if that was it. I want it to be like really clear and really like out there. So I started to speak out to whatever it is that you believe, God, the universe, Allah, whatever it is that you believe. I started to speak out loud. I just call it spirit. And I started to speak to spirit and I was like, I just need a sign that if this is the right thing for me to do, to leave my bootcamp business, give me something that is so clear. And I thought to myself, what can I ask for? Like, what, what, what can I do? And then I thought to myself, what if I ask for a fish to jump out of the water? I've been here for 10 minutes. There's been no fish jumping out of the water. What if I ask for that? And then I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to ask that. So I said, if this is the right thing for me to do, to leave my bootcamp business, to go all in on online or YouTube, whatever it is that you want me to do, if this is the right thing for me to do right now, make a fish jump out of the, and before I even finish the sentence, bro, from here to where you are, which is like a few meters away, a fish just started to jump out of the water. Boom, 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 like eight times. And I remember I had these crazy goosebumps and I had tears flowing down my face because I felt like there was something around me in that moment, like telling me that this is the fucking thing to do. Go, leave, take that leap, go for it. And that night I went back home, I got my, my camera out and I started to post to all my, my, my clients. Hey everyone, uh, just letting you know that in 12 weeks from now that I'm gonna be leaving. And this is really hard for me to say, but I just need to do this thing online. I don't know how it's gonna work out, but I just need to do it. So I left 12 weeks later. I had $1,000 in my bank account, right? And because, again, I had the worst relationship with money, week by week, I just saw my bank account go down and down and down and down and down. And two months went by, and I thought to myself, shit, I made the wrong decision. I'm nearly broke now. Things aren't working online. I'm not getting sales online. My YouTube channel is going okay, but not enough for me to, for, for me to survive. And I remember watching a video from Steve Harvey. Do you know who that is? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. He's, he's an Aussie does, dude, right? Uh, he's from America. Does, America? He does his, like interview show and, and so on. Steve Harvey. That definitely rings bells. Yeah. But he, he said something that stayed with me in that moment. And it was the message that I really needed to hear. And he said that when you jump out of an airplane to go skydiving, the parachute doesn't open straight away. First, you just leap. There's that fear that goes on. And then sooner or later, the parachute has to open. And I felt like I was still in that falling phase. The parachute hadn't opened yet. It took, took, its, took its time. It was like two months, right? And what happened in that moment, I remember I was scrolling through Instagram one time and I saw a coach uh, and he was helping other personal trainers start their online coaching business. And I signed up for this dude. But at the time, his program was $6,700. It's a lot of fucking money, right? And at the time, I had $300 in my bank account and I said to him that, look, I know that this is going to work because I'm seeing all these testimonials from people that you're helping, but I have hardly any money. And I thought to myself, okay, right now, because we're on the call, I said, I can think to myself, I can't do this and just go back to my old ways and just try to find a way to do it by myself, or I can find a way out of no way to make this work. And I said to him, look, I don't have any money, but I'm gonna give you $100 now. That's one third of everything that I have. I'm gonna give you $100 to show you that I'm committed to this and I'm gonna find a way. Going back to Tony Robbins, a really good quote that he says is that there's no such thing as a lack of resources. No such thing as a lack of money, no such thing as a lack of whatever it might be. There's only such thing as a lack of resources, resourcefulness, I mean. So if you're determined enough, if you're creative enough, if you're willing enough, you'll find a way. So I went 
off that call, gave him $100, tried to sell everything that I could find. I applied for a loan. I got rejected because I had bad credit rating. I asked my parents. They said, hell no, we're not giving you that amount. <laughs> I tried to find a way up. I was going to sell my car. I was going to sell my phone. But I found a way a week later to get that money. And the reason why I share that is because the mind can only see what you're going to lose. It can never see what you're going to gain. I could only see that I was going to lose because I didn't pay for it all up front. I paid half. I could only see that I was going to lose $3,000. After signing up with that dude, I learned everything about online marketing, proper online marketing. And then a month later, in a month, I earned over $16,000, which was insane. And I was like, what the hell is happening? But that set me up to be able to come here to Bali to be able to create my dream life. And it went up and down because again, even though I transformed my bank account, I didn't transform what was happening in my mind around money. That's when I met Lucas, to rewind you back to that. That's what helped everything. But now I'm in Bali and I'm really, really happy with what I'm doing. I'm helping other personal trainers who are in the same boat. I just did my retreat in November. Uh, we had about 18 to 17 people come from around the world. And I just share that story because I know that probably there's some people right now who are wanting to go after their dreams and they're scared or they're scared to make that leap. And I feel like when you're quiet in the mind and you just listen to your heart, every single time you listen to my heart, it never goes wrong. And yeah, if you have a, if you have a desire to just go after it, follow it. It's going to work out. It's a very, very cool story. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. The, the fish. Crazy. Jumping out of the I water. I get a tattoo of that. That is... Mm. That's insanely cool. Yeah. That would send shivers up your spine. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So you've vocalized that. That wasn't like something in your mind. I started to speak it out loud. Yeah. And I want to get a tattoo of like a fish jumping out of the water or something like that because, yeah, I'll never forget that day. That was was a turning point. Now, touching on that though, don't rely on a fish to jump out of the water for you to go after your dreams. There is the external signs, which is what I felt like I needed. But then there's the internal sign. The internal signs is the whispers of your heart saying, yo, uh, don't go cancel with that, cancel with that person or uh, don't go over here or do that thing or say yes or say no. We're always getting little whispers from our heart, you know, and I feel like when you can listen to that and not rely on those external things, the feelings that your intuition is telling you to do, then that's when everything changes. I don't have to rely on a fish every time now to make a big decision. Right. It's just like, does this feel light or does this feel heavy? cool go with what feels like i like it it's really cool yeah Yeah. it's a great story i think we can uh definitely there's plenty of takeaways there yeah yeah i'm definitely not going to wait for you know a fish (laughs) to jump out of the water but um yeah there's yeah plenty of signs for you to to jump at your dreams yes in saying that it's often not linear so how how has your coaching business transformed over time i understand you weren't always coaching other personal trainers yeah there was another element to your coaching business um before that and how did that go it's so not linear like when everyone said if anyone says um like i don't know what to do with my life i just say just try something for example at first i was a personal trainer then i was actually going to be a pastor because i was super religious my dad is super religious so I was, I was back then. I was, I thought to myself, I'm just going to be a pastor. That's what I'm going to do. Stepping, you know, following my, my dad's footsteps. But then I started to break out of religion. And I started to find spirituality. And then I thought to myself, I can't do that. I'm going to go back to personal training. Went back to personal training. Then I thought to myself, I want to go and speak around the world. And I just want to, I want to speak on stages. Then I thought, that's what I wanted to do. 
Then I came back to doing boot camp, and then so it's just been this massive journey. So it's definitely not linear. Um, there's always going to be ups and downs. You're going to be changing your mind at times, and I think that's just part of being human, and that's part of the process. And it's all good. It's it's going to change. No, definitely, definitely. When you were doing the the weight loss stuff, yeah, uh, the weight loss coaching, who were your, you know, who was the majority of your your market? Who were you who were you teaching? Um, and were you able to kind of implement any, um, I suppose, plant based uh, nutrition into that? Yeah, it's a really good question. At the time when I was working as a personal trainer in person, it was mainly just females. Online, it was females and males, but I only worked with people who were either, so I had people apply that if you wanted to work with me, I feel like my energy and time is super important. If you wanna do coaching with me, if you wanna do training with me, here is the application form. And there was a question which was, are you vegan? And there was three options. No, I'm not vegan. Yes, I am vegan. No, but I'm open to a plant-based approach. Right, because how I came up with that though, for about a year, I was working with people, and they'll ask me like, should I should I eat meat? Should I do this? And I was like, ah, shit. How do I how do I navigate this? So then it came to a point where I'm like, no, I only want to work with people who are going to be truly aligned. If they're a vegan or they're open to a plant based approach, you know. So um, that kind of answer your question. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a, it can be a tricky thing for people that have you know started to adopt a plant based diet and that's actually talk about it yeah so yeah they uh, some people feel like you know all right i've i've started this thing but you know on the news there's people that come across as these you know aggressive vegans or the media portray them as as aggressive people yes and i don't want to be seen as one of those people so how do i get my message across without you know uh pissing off the people that you know i love and the people that i'm friends with yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a something we all kind of have to go through yeah. personally. But um, and that's a big thing. Like a lot of people always say, like um, I did a Q and A two weeks ago, and one of the questions were, "Why are vegans always angry?" Right? And I thought to myself, "That's a really good question. Let me answer that." And I thought to myself, "Why are vegans always angry?" And then I thought to myself, "One, the language of that is interesting. Vegan, all vegans aren't always angry." And if you change cows, chickens, fish, pigs with dogs and you put yourself and you think and you see that what's happening to that's happening to dogs one. But if that's happening in your own hometown, you're going to start to get a little bit mad, not a little bit mad. You're going to start to get angry. You're going to start to get sad. You're going to want to voice up. You're going to want to voice your opinion about what's happening to these dogs, these puppies. Right. And when you change the pigs, cows, uh, fish with dogs, then you can start to go, oh, you know what, these people, vegans, are just upset about the injustice that is happening to these innocent beings. And then even getting more angry at people thinking that it's okay because it's grass-fed or it's free-range or it's organic. And free-range, grass-fed, organic, I believe that no label justifies the right to take away the life of an innocent being who wanted to live, you know? And then you look at the media, like, betraying the idea that all vegans are these people going into uh, restaurants and just yelling meat is murder that's not happening all the time that's happening and there are also people who are just really peaceful who can understand where you're coming from who's asking you questions who are genuinely concerned about your health who are concerned with the animals and just want you to see like what's actually happening you know yeah 
no, I can, I can definitely see from, you know, a general perspective that uh, those people entering restaurants are being, you know, aggressive, invasive. Yes. But now that I'm where I'm at, I, I think it's it takes all, all approaches. I just think yes. that one certain approach, and that's leading by example, tends to be more welcoming for a wider community. Yes, that's um, a really good point. So they all work in their own ways. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, yeah, that more peaceful approach tends to be uh, well, welcomed, yeah, a little wider. A guy that I like uh, and he does amazing work is James Aspie. Yes. I feel like he's he's brought the, you know, the, the animal activism, street activism, you know, YouTube activism, whatever it might be, the way he's doing it. He's paired that with a really, a really peaceful and you know succinct way of going about things mm. uh he, i don't think he he puts people off on his he's on super, his debates i think he's yes. got quite a quite a talent of um of, of mixing um peacefulness with with animal activism yeah quick quick little story um this isn't related to activism but it's related to james like how powerful he is at just getting you to see a different perspective so if you're not following james definitely go check him out james aspie we were in Bali, right? And we were at uh, Kudo. And we were there at nighttime. And it was me, James, his girlfriend, Carly, and my friend, Alden, our friend, Alden. And we are sitting there, and there was, this, there was this kid on a bike that just started to ride his bike through Kudo. And then all of a sudden, this massive dude came and went in front of the dude with, the, with his bicycle, and he said, stop. And then another, like, six or seven dudes surrounded this man. And they were getting really aggressive, like yelling in his face, getting to like pushing him, like ripping his shirt, like getting him to go off. And you could see that there was going to be a fight. James walked over, right? Five minutes later, one, they let the dude go. James was like calming everyone down. And then five minutes later, those dudes were all aggressive. They wanted to get a selfie with him just because like they're like, who is this dude? He was just so peaceful at him at like uh, breaking down conflicts. So he has a really special ability to just help people see a different perspective so he's a really cool dude no it's i'd love to have him on the pod yeah uh, hard guy to get a track of he's doing a lot of amazing work around the world yeah um but yeah that's a cool story it seems to sum him up pretty um pretty well <laughs> that's him in a nutshell how was your experience with him in bali um in the slaughterhouses yes and how did that transform your own activism your own mind yeah because uh, i imagine well i saw it yeah but it, i didn't feel it Mm. So it's one thing to see a video online. It's a totally different experience to see it happen in person. And for me at the time, I didn't get emotional because I was in so much shock. I'll tell you what happened after that though. So we went in and we started to record what actually happens. And um, our friend Alden, the one who we're with, he actually helped us get in because he's from Bali. And we got into the slaughterhouse and we just started to see everything that happens. And if you haven't seen it, you can go to my Instagram, Matt underscore karma, and it's labeled the truth, the truth one, the truth two, the truth three, in my Instagram highlights. And I remember just being in so much shock about what was happening in front of me. You know, seeing the cows with their throat slit like meters away from me. 
and my heart was racing. I, I, was, I was just in like so much shock and there was one part of me that wanted to stop them. There was another part of me that wanted to show what actually happened and I felt so much conflict. But my friend Alden, he prepped us beforehand. He's like, yo, we're going in undercover. You can't be like reacting. You can't be getting angry because this is gonna blow the ability to come back in the future. So we went in and after seeing all of that, uh, it started to get shared like crazy. So many people were messaging me like, yo, after seeing that, I'm going vegan because it was so graphic. Did um, you guys do live? Uh, James did live at one point, the first time that we went in, but it was mainly just going through Instagram stories. Got it. Yeah. But we did, we did Instagram lives afterwards, like sharing about what happens. Um, but afterwards, I had PTSD. Like I had nightmares pretty much, not every single night, but close to every single night. I remember, yeah, just waking up feeling sweaty and I was like, shit, this is hard to deal with right now. And um, how it's changed me, it's it's changed me in so many ways. Just one, I feel a deeper connection when I see the cows in Bali like all the time here. Like I just like to stop and just pat them and feed them. And I feel a deeper sense of connection to them because actually seeing what happens or what's going to happen to this cow. So I feel way more connected and way more um, fiery about what actually, speak, speaking up about what actually happens, you know? Yeah, how is it, um, how do you go managing, you know, your your coaching business Yeah, and then having the want to also share what you've seen? Yeah. Is there a conflict there or has there been conflict? That's a really good yeah? question. That's a really good question. Yeah. There's a lot of conflict there. There was a part of me that just wants to speak up about the animals and there's another part of me that feels conflict and there's another part of me that when I speak up too much that I feel, because there's so much emotional heaviness around having the conversations with other people about veganism and sharing what happens in a graphic way. And there was a part of me at the start of the year where I reached out to James and Joey Carbstrong and my other friends as well and I was like, man, I just feel like, so upset like i feel depressed just just constantly speaking about this and then james actually gave some really good advice he's like you don't have to speak up about it all the time because sometimes doing that all the time can actually make people steer the other direction and he says that he has a really good balance so this is what he said that he has times where he would just post about his lifestyle and just post about positivity and post about whatever it is that's going on and then he'll throw in his um, thing about veganism. So for me, it's the same way. Business, life, uh, how to grow your business, and then boom, here's a happy cow or here's something about veganism, you know? And you've got the slaughterhouse footage in your and highlights. that's always in there as well. The highlights is a nice one. Yeah. It is a good one to have. Yes. Um, we did some save movement stuff in Canada. Awesome. And I definitely want to do that. Yeah, I take photos. So for me, it was an opportunity to kind of get some images that are, I don't know. They're brutal. They br yeah. they were even brutal to go back and just edit. Yeah. You know, to to go from to seeing the eyes. Yeah, yeah. To go from the slaughterhouse and, and experience it and feel it, and then to go into like a regular cafe in Toronto, and then have to re look at the image and mm. and edit it. It's it's hard. It can be emotionally heavy, right? Yeah. So the highlights is a good one to keep there. People can definitely flick through it. Yeah. Um, and you can. You can share it every now and again if you want to, you know, yes. put in that nugget in between yep. the more positive stuff because it, you know, it can weigh down heavily on on yourself and on people. People, people, and also like the negative, you get 
I feel like it's very hard to not get negative comments about speaking up about what happens. And I always go back to, I put a video up about, the, about this the other day about um, the Martin Luther King, how he approaches, did you guys see that? No. So it's my favorite story about Martin Luther King. He was about to speak at a rally. This is, this is a great way, if, you ever, if you're ever dealing with conflict with family or someone, if you're a vegan and you're speaking up about the animals and you get this hate, um, I always like to refer back to this story. So there was a time where Martin Luther King, who was about to step up on a rally and speak up, right? And he was walking through this crowd of people. And as he was walking down this line, because everyone was like parting ways so he could go up and speak on stage. As he was walking through this line, a man stepped in front of him and he just went, <laughs> spat in his face. And Martin Luther King looked at him and at, he was a bit shocked at first. But then he took a deep breath and he got a handkerchief out of his back pocket and he started to wipe all the spit all over his face. And he looked at the man and he just very kindly, very gently, he looked at him and smiled and he said, I think this belongs to you. And he handed him all the spit, right? And I thought to myself, what an amazing analogy for like how to deal with hate. Because there's gonna be times when people spit their hate at you. There's gonna be times where family, friends, people who follow you on social media are gonna spit some negative, negative ass shit at you. But that's not, that's not yours to take in. And the very second that you take that spit and you put that in your own back pocket, you are digesting their negative energy. So it's best to be like, yo, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't for me. This is your stuff that you're dealing with here. Let me just give it back to you. It belongs to you. And I think that's a really cool analogy that I like to take in whenever I get some nasty comments. So what happens when someone drops into your, you know, your messages after you've posted something? Yeah. What's, what's something you've, you've had before and, and how have you dealt with it? And what have been the following, you know, actions or consequences from what you've said to the person yeah there, there was a time i remember one time when this dude was just it's on my instagram if you go down to my instagram uh there's like there was two images one of my favorite stories was a man he was he dropped into my dms and he was like saying these i can't remember exactly what he said but he was saying something about vegans that was pretty nasty two months later he was following me he was like looking at my stuff and he asked me a question he was like yo how do i go vegan and I put those images side to side to show people, one, to never give up, two, because I responded to him and I re responded to him in a really nice way. And you look at that and I feel like that's the power of responding with love rather than hate. And having an understanding, I can understand when people say some nasty ass shit to me because I'm like, yo, I get it. I'm challenging a belief system that you've been, that you've hold, held onto since childhood, your whole entire life, you, and I have been eating this food, never questioning anything. And then some man comes along and he says, yo, this is what's actually happening. That's not easy to let go of. And then you gotta think about the idea of like, okay, now I gotta change my lifestyle. Now I gotta change when I go out with friends, I gotta change everything around. So I get it. So it helps me um, deal with that to have, anytime that you can come from a place of understanding rather than judgment, it's very easy to not be affected. You might still get affected because you're human. I'm human, but it helps. Definitely helps the helps the movement helps yeah. the cause as well because if you are getting someone two months down the track, yeah, that's like oh mate, how it's do you go vegan? Like, right, yeah, it's, so I've heard <laughs> from some activists that sometimes the angriest people are the ones that the, are the closest to actually making the change. Yes, um, it's a really good which point. is quite interesting. I I don't think I've experienced 
anything like that myself but i love seeing those like side by side you're seeing people like pulling them from twitter and instagram and yeah um you know um yeah it's a it's a good little thing to see some people put them up on the, on their own like yes. you know they pull a tweet that they did in 2011 i see so many of them like myself on facebook though. yeah and yeah. they've and they've just done it themselves because yeah. they're like you know this is a cool kind of transformation of the mind I, su- I suppose yeah. yeah yeah you don't have to yeah you don't have to stick with the same things your whole life i think we kind of tell ourselves that we are this person yes i am a meat eater yes. um you know i am a salesperson. Mm. i am this i am that and i always will be yes it can be quite detrimental. You box yourself in. Yeah, you box to, yourself to, into to, this uh, identity, right? Right. So, I think it's just once you do one thing, it doesn't have to be veganism. It could be switching your job, finding something you love um, that you you know that transforms your work. Yeah. Um, it could be a new relationship. It could be transforming a current relationship. Who knows? But once you do it once, you start seeing things differently. Yeah. You start thinking oh hang on could i change that too how about you know how about that one will that positively affect my life i agree uh in the future so that's what anyway veganism definitely did for me we're talking about the universe before yes you know there's no way you would have got me talking about the universe (laughs) uh before before i went vegan um yeah that's really really cool to see how you deal with it you've got some good people in your corner yeah that can definitely you know coach you on yes um on how to to go about that at first, I used to react. I remember one time I had this massive fight with my mom. It was over a fly. She was spraying a fly and I used to get so angry. I'm like, mom, that is a living being. And I remember just going so angry at her. And the way I just look back how, how I used to react rather than respond, it still angers me every t- if someone, if she, cause she still does it like now, like just sprays all the flies. I'm like, mom, that is a living being, right? And the difference now is just I respond rather than react. I can breathe and be like, okay, how do I want to respond to this rather than just naturally letting out that anger? Um, and it's a practice. It's definitely a practice. Absolutely. Speaking of family. Yeah. How big, small is your family and how have your changes in your life impacted uh, any of your family members? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I don't feel like I've, I've impacted them in any way yet. <laughs> But I remember, uh, so I have, I have a massive family. I have six, uh, six brothers. They're all, I call them all real brothers, but I have two like blood, same, same mom, same dad. And the rest are like same dad, diff- uh, same, same mom, different dad and so on. Yep. Right? And others are just through, through marriage. But I call them all real brothers. Uh, my fir- my, my s- the one under me, he went vegan for 12 weeks and he lost a ton of weight and now he's back to eating animals and so on. Um, my, my brother saw the slaughterhouse footage of when I went in and he went vegan for like two days and then he went back to his old ways. But uh, yeah, I feel like never giving up and I feel like just allowing them to be and at the same time, me just being an example of health and um, living a great life that I feel like naturally they'll just come around. And at the same time, I still definitely ask them questions and do a little keep planting the seeds planting the seeds yeah yeah it's important um yeah it's definitely important to continue to do that uh without you know getting too in the way of their of their life i suppose yeah uh they're not i've you know i say it all the time but with my parents wasn't a good start you know very forceful very 
just didn't understand like why why they didn't understand that this was going to be a powerful change for them but once anna said look matt when you skype your parents just don't bring it up like try not bringing it up in the you know the conversation that we have you're doing it every time pretty much every time yeah (laughs) i don't know for how long i can't remember for how long it was probably the first few times maybe oh a year i don't know (laughs) we've got different memories on it but maybe ask mum and dad see what see what they think but yeah one day she Anna was just like matt you just gotta give them some space on it sure enough start giving them some space and we start seeing changes wow you know like oh what's the recipe for this what you know how did you make that oh matt i've got this recipe that i made Mum's a better vegan chef than we are yeah Yeah, now now what's happening not vegan but doing an amazing job yeah doing an amazing job in the house they're mainly i'd say vegan like pretty pretty well plant-based in the house just giving them some space yeah and then um getting outside of the house i think that's where they're like a little bit more flexible with friends and whatnot yeah so look they've come a long way and they've seen some good health results as well yeah uh which is which is really cool um but yeah that's cool to hear about your family you got a you got a big big family family yeah Massive. One seed's going to grow. It's going to happen. With, without a doubt, I think, um, you know, when you've got people following you mm. and especially your family, they've got invested interest in you. So to see what you're doing yeah, uh, and how passionate you are about it, you know, I think one of them will, will definitely start to, to change more permanently yeah. in, the, in the not too distant future. Also with family, I know you had a recent... Um, you know, accident with yeah, your, with brother. your brother back yes. in Australia. So, yeah, um, he had a motorbike accident. Do you want to, you know, yeah, how did sure. you get the news? And so I was at my friend Christie's house, and uh, actually, no, I was walking there, and I got a message. I had all these missed calls from my mum. I looked at my phone. I was like, "What the hell is this all about?" And as soon as I looked at my phone, a message came through, and it was it said something along the lines of Chutz, which is my brother's name. It's his nickname. His name's Lawrence, but you call him Chutz. Chutz has been in a really bad motorcycle accident. He's getting flown to the hospital right now. And I remember reading that and my heart just sank. And I was like, what the hell? Like, if you got in a motorcycle accident, that's, you know, that's still bad. But getting flown to the hospital, I know that that's serious. So my brothers came and picked me up and we went up there and I just saw him. Um, He had to go into an induced coma and he had all these tubes all over him. And it was like, it was really emotional at the time. And I remember just being there and then he went into intensive care and I just looked around and I just saw all these people. I don't know what the state that they were in, but some people looked like, I don't know what what was going to happen, but some of them looked like they weren't going to make it. And it just gave me a totally different perspective on, on life. Like since being there, I haven't spent that much time on social media. Like my replies to you has been pretty, pretty late. And the reason is because after seeing that, I felt like I've had a big effect on when I'm like, it's, it transformed my values, you know, just from being there. I thought to myself, holy shit, I could, I could be here right now. Anyone could be in intensive care right now. Everyone, anyone could be taking their very last breaths on, on earth or their last day on earth. Nobody knows. And I started to see that. And I really started to question, okay, if I was in my, my brother's chots, shoes right now, what would I be regretting? What would I, what, what would I want to change? Who would I want in this room? And I just started to ask myself some powerful questions. Like, what do I want my life to be about? Or, because I was spending I was spending like six or seven hours on my phone. Like, so much time just scrolling all the time. And I thought to myself, I don't want to be spending my life like this. 
and now he's doing good and I'm super grateful that he's, he's well, but also I got that lesson through him as well. And he's back at home. He's, he had a, a big knee surgery. His knee was like opened up and he had some brain injuries as well, but you could see his bone through his knee. It was just really, really nasty. Um, but super grateful that he's well I mean, he's nothing worse happens. Yeah. No, when I saw that, I was just like, wow. Like yeah. that is, you know, anything that happens to, to family, it's, mm. there's always going to be a lesson learned from it. Yes. You know, it sucks that it has to happen that way, but there's always a big, big lesson yeah. uh, to be learned. I'm glad he's doing really well. Thanks, man. Stoked, Me too. stoked to hear he's doing really well. Um, yeah, I think you posted in that um, that Instagram post you made that his his helmet was full of Bro, blood. His helmet was full of blood. I, I, did you see the story where I shared it on another on another day? No, but I put, no, I didn't I put see a story that. up when I went and saw him at hospital and we came back, and my brother showed me the helmet and I put it on my story like all the blood just all like it was just really really bad. So. Um, yeah, it could have been a lot worse. Lucky he was wearing a helmet. Right, so how's that affected your life back here in Bali? Motorbikes are a big thing here. So, yeah, you I know, wear the helmet. I never used to wear a helmet, bro. I used to just like cruise around and be like, oh, it's never going to happen to me. I'm good. And then it happens, as you can see on your Exactly, it, <laughs> happened, right it happens to... If you're not following Anna's YouTube channel, it's Anna Alakon, it's her name. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I think it was one of the last videos that we that we posted. Um yeah, we tipped. I tipped the bike. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pull you into <laughs> this. The no, no. I, I tipped the bike, and there was no traffic. No traffic. We just turned really wide on a narrow road. Yeah. And there was a nice ditch on the on the side of the road, and we, you know, we tipped over. So it wasn't super horrific or anything, yeah. but we got up, and you know, there was blood dripping on our legs and on our hands and stuff, Shit. and um, we were in helmets. Yeah, we're in helmets. Lucky, yeah. Uh, but after that, we haven't really. We we did the next day. We got back on the bike, and I think that kind of got. Who's driving now? Is is Matt driving? Yeah, I'm still driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, didn't switch. It'd be an it, no. no, it'd be an interesting. It'd be an interesting day having Anna behind the, um, behind, the wheel. behind the steering wheel. But <laughs> yeah, um, that's good to hear that you're wearing a helmet. Yeah, wearing a helmet now. The amount of people not wearing helmets not here wearing in Bali, helmet. or wearing a helmet, which is even worse, but then not clipping clipping it, it up. I'm like. What is the point of that? Yeah, like, you're no one point. step away there. Like, yeah. you know, you just, you just need to go. And yeah, that's it. it is quite useless when it's not strapped on because if yeah. you do have serious contact, the first thing that's going to come off is mm. probably the helmet. But so. I, I thought to myself, like, why was I? Why was I not wearing a helmet? And it was so egotistical, but it was the truth. Ego. Everyone. Everyone. Ha everyone's got one. That's that's the acronym ego, right? Yeah. For me, I was not wearing a helmet because I wanted to look good. That was it. I just wanted my hair to look good. And I thought to myself, why the fuck would I do that? Like, what's more important, looking good, riding a motorcycle, no one's going to give a shit, or protecting my brain, you know? <laughs> and it's crazy what the mind can do. Like, just, yeah, put, put your brain in such a vulnerable position, going down going down on the road where there's no, hardly any road rules here in Bali, and just so, you, just so I can look good. It's stupid, but... Grateful for that experience with my brother. Yeah, no, definitely stoked to hear that you're, you're protecting your head. That's yeah. good. Um, the second thing is the time spent on the phone. Yeah. How was your personal energy? Did you notice, you know, obviously in retrospect, you probably did notice, but when you were actually 
in the practice of being on your phone six to seven hours a day, yeah. did you feel any negative energy of, of, um, of that practice? Yeah, I feel like it doesn't matter who it is. You give someone a certain recipe for how they go throughout their day. For me, I'll share my own experience. I thought to myself, why am I feeling so negative? Or why are there times where I'm comparing myself? Or why are there times where I'm feeling down? And then I thought to myself, it doesn't matter who it is. I could have, so someone I keep mentioning, Tony Robbins, I really, really love him. He's a change of life in so many ways. I get Tony Robbins doing the same shit that I was doing, scrolling through social media, mindlessly watching YouTube videos. I get him doing that, he's gonna feel the same way that I'm feeling. So it's not me, it's the actions that I'm doing. And you spend enough time on social media scrolling, naturally you, it, you may go into a, a, a state of scarcity or a state of comparison, right? because the way that the human mind works, it's programmed to keep us safe or it's not, it's not designed to make us happy. And for me, the very second that I started to spend more time off social media and instead of me connecting to my phone, connecting to my body, that I started to feel this lightness. And I'm definitely gonna go back. I feel like I just need some, struc uh, some structure around managing my time on my phone because I don't know if this is possible, but I feel like I do have this addictive personality. I can get addicted to things really easy. And I feel like without some type of structure around managing my time on my phone, it can be very easy to be like six hours later, still watching YouTube videos or still scrolling yeah. through Instagram. So um, I feel like just that little switch, connect to my body rather than my phone, primarily, totally different state of being. And now I'm getting so much more work done. I'm spending time surfing, just being out in nature, being present with people and feeling happier. So. Finding time for better things. Finding time for better things. Definitely. I mean, I've ex personally experimented with like small detoxes of different things. So yeah. like coffee, went without coffee for a month or yes. two months. I don't know. Yeah. But felt a lot better. Yeah. Felt way better in the mornings. Um, more energy <laughs> throughout the day. Like, but I was just having too much. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the... How much was too much? How many, how many I think. Having? I was probably having three to four cups yeah. a day, mm -hmm. sometimes maybe more. I was working in this co-working space that had free coffee. Yeah. Uh, so rather than getting a bottle of water or, you know, a cup of water, sometimes you I was getting... getting free a, coffee every day? Yeah. They, Shit. They had, yeah, coffee, <laughs> like filtered coffee. So not like, you know, I'm not getting oh, lattes and espressos. It yeah. was just like American filtered coffee. Yeah. Uh, but I'm used to that now. And, uh, you know, for me, that that's perfectly fine. But just... Yeah, drinking too much, getting the jitters a little bit and not yes. sleeping great, not having great sustained energy throughout the day. And just one month of my life, not doing it at all, brought me to a place where I was like, all right, now I can weigh it up um, and and see what I want to do because yeah. I like coffee, but yeah. do I want to keep doing it or using it the way I was? So now it's one a day, mm. one in the morning and that's it. One a day, that's good. Yeah. One Amazing. in the morning, and I don't seem to have the the negative effects of, you know, multiple, many, many cups a day. Yes. But same thing with the phone. Yeah. If you if you impose something, a self imposed ban, or um, you know, just time off of it, less time, I f you feel much better. So I think yeah. too much of anything that's making you feel negative is not a good thing, mm. and bringing yourself back and and getting away from it is really important. Yeah, and I think it's it's not it's not about the thing, it's about the place that it's coming from. There's nothing wrong with scrolling through social media, that's not the problem. It was the place that it was coming from. It was coming from a place of distraction, it was coming from a place of, okay, I'm feeling bored or I'm feeling 
a little bit lost or I'm feeling this uncomfortable emotion right now, let me just get Instagram out. Let me just do that. And so it's never about the thing, it's about the thing, the place that it's coming from. So now when you refrain from something for a while, you start to see all these patterns. You start to say, ah, oh, I'm having coffee right now because I'm, I'm not even I'm not even tired, I'm just doing it because I want this dopamine rush. Okay, well, what's another way I can do that? You know, so I think that that's really important. So I'm not saying that phone's bad. I'm not saying that social media is bad. I'm saying that for me and for most people, it's used as a distraction, not as a place of a way to do good. It's a fantastic point. Um, you know, silence. I think silence is something a lot of us have a problem with. Yeah. So many people, man. Just having a break where no words are being spoken. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if Anna goes to the bathroom and we're at a restaurant, what's the first thing I usually do? <laughs> Pull out your phone. Yeah. Why can't we just sit and, you know, be with ourselves yeah. without having to go jump down an Instagram rabbit hole mm. for, you know, two, three minutes? Yeah. So I started to think about this, man. And let me ask you this as well. Can you think about the photos that you liked or saw yesterday? No, like honestly, no. I can't either, man. And I thought to myself, me posting these images or me looking through, I'm not going to remember this shit. What I will remember though, is having a moment with someone and connecting them with them and laughing. I'm going to remember that. I'm not going to remember what Janet727 posted six hours ago. I'm not going to remember that shit or what, maybe what she said. So once I started to think about that, I'm like, okay, life is about moments. If life is about moments, the moments, the, the time that I'm spending to get these moments, I'm not even gonna remember. So let me spend some time with these moments that I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember going out with my, my friend today, Dan, surfing, laughing, getting smacked. I'm gonna remember that, you know, nice words that were being said back and forth. I'm gonna remember that. I still, I, could, I don't know who, I, can't, I was on social media before I came here, I don't know what who posted two hours ago. I have no idea. So when I think about that, then it goes, okay, let me consciously spend my time elsewhere. That's gonna matter. Wow, yeah, that that isn't that's not something I've never thought of. Yeah. Of can you remember what you liked yesterday? It shows you the importance of it. Yes. Very little. Yeah. Very little, unless it was something powerful. I mean, there's yeah, still there's powerful, still powerful stuff on Instagram that yeah. I'll save. Yeah, same. and the reason you save it is because you want to remember it. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's a that's a huge takeaway, I think, for for a lot of people. As you said, I think we're all, it's quite new mm. social media. So we were just speaking about you this know, before. We're right? Exactly, we're being penetrated with it every day. New new styles of marketing. Yeah. Um, Instagram's been called visual crack before, you know, and <laughs> know it is, that's good. That's so, it is, so true. you will just scroll and scroll and scroll. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to be conscious of it firstly, and then to take action, uh, whatever is the best way that suits you, I suppose is, is a good way to go. Yes. Awesome, man. What's next for you? What have, what have you got on the horizon? Um, for me right now, my main focus when I'm primarily focusing on right now is my, uh, online coach academy it is my program helping personal trainers and health and fitness coaches uh, create launch and grow their online coaching business and that's something that i'm super passionate about it and the reason why is because i love knowing like right now there are four clients who are able to move to bali here and are living here full time now because i helped them go okay 
I feel like I'm I'm someone in the delivery room who's been these there are these people who have been uh, it's a weird metaphor but it's true they've been like impregnated with this 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 vision that they want to just bring to the world I want to coach people about this I want to coach people with this and I feel like I'm the person in the delivering room going okay let's do this here's how we're gonna do it keep pushing right I'm I feel like I'm that dude I feel like I'm helping people birth their vision into the world and it brings me so much joy of people being able to go Matt um, we just had one person she earned ten thousand dollars in just over a week and I see that and I'm like, that's what brings me so much joy to know that one, she's helping people because she's an amazing coach and I'm only working with people who have experience. I'm not just helping someone who just did a two week course online. Like I'm helping people who are amazing coaches where I know that if I help them, they're gonna do good. And helping people quit their jobs, helping people create a full-time online, pre- uh, online business. And I just love it, it just brings me so much joy. So that's what's, now, that's what's here for me now, spending time in nature, just being rather than always doing all the time but also doing because i love what i do and focusing on my retreat i got a retreat that's going to come up at the end of the year so i'm going to be focusing on that you can check that out escape and experience on instagram um so that's what's next for me right now very cool and why bali what what's the draw card here uh, i feel like why i'm living here yeah why why bali why do you want to you know base yourself here i love it man like i feel i love the people when every time i go back to australia I just see the contrast. Not that Australia's bad. I love Australia. But simple things. Like I come back here and when I order food, they give me eye contact and they're like really thankful. They come and they just greet you with so much love and they spend time with you. And um, I feel like number one, the people, hands down, like the locals who live here. Number two, I would say the food, so easy. Number three, the lifestyle. Um I can give another 10, but that's that's pretty much the main three. I just love it here. It just feels good. It does. I'm not going to lie. We've we've definitely said like how amazing would it be to to AC. live here? Yeah. Like whether it's Changu, Ubud, yeah. Seminyak, I don't know. They were all amazing places that we visited. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you're, you're not wrong with the people, man. Yeah. The people have... So much love. They are really amazing. And yeah. it's something we've noticed. Um is just yeah the i don't know they're always so happy so ha- so happy i was coming here and there was this yeah. dude just working and i gave him the head nod and he yeah. just gave this massive smile and i'm like it's just that little thing like that i'm like man i just love this so much yep yeah no it is cool another thing i just thought of before yeah. we round this out was someone that works at the place you stay um you shared it on on instagram mm-hmm. and he plays guitar yes you do would you like to finish off with that story? Because I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was a good one. So the place that uh, he's, he's left now, but the place that I stay at here in Bali, he, um, he loves playing guitar. And recently his guitar broke. And for a lot of people here, like 80 Australian, 80 US dollars for a lot of people, not everyone, but for a lot of locals here, it's a lot of money. And to give you an idea... Uh, I remember I was getting a haircut one time and I'll, there was these workers outside and I was just curious. I'm like, how much do people get paid here? And I said to the, the dude cutting my hair, I was like, how much on average does a worker outside here get paid per week? And he said, they're working about eight hours a day, probably about 50 Australian dollars. They're working five, five days a week. And I'm like, what? 50 Australian dollars. They're working eight hours a day. These are builders, like construction workers. And I'm like, holy crap. So For the week. For the week, man. 
and so this dude Yudo, he he cleans like my my room every two days he was he, he's left now and he's guitar broke and the guitars here can range from like 80 to 100 dollars which is a lot of money that's him working a lot and he said i was asking i was like so where's your guitar you're not playing because i was back in australia came back and he, he wasn't playing i was like oh yeah i broke it i uh, can't really get one right now like it's just too much money they're expensive i said cool man no worries and then i started to talk to him about it and he was just super passionate like that's his thing that he just lights up and as i was driving to the gym uh, there was a guitar shop right next to or close to it and i saw it and i thought 80 dollars like that's nothing like to him it's gonna be a big deal so i grabbed one and he was cleaning my room when I, he, when I came back. And I waited for him to go out where I could sneak in the guitar. And then I called him back. I was like, Yuda, come here. And he came in. He's like, what's up? I was like, okay, close your eyes. And you can see the video on my Instagram if you scroll down far enough. Um, I said, close your eyes. And he said, what's up? And then I grabbed the guitar and I said, okay, open it. And then he just had this massive smile on his face when he opened up his eyes. And you could see he wasn't crying, but he had like those watery eyes. And he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he was just so grateful for it. And I feel like that's another magical moment that I'll just never forget. Like the power of giving, the power of just, power of contributing, you know? Definitely. Yeah. The guys at Kind Community. Yes. And and Give Cafe. Give Cafe, they're doing an amazing job. So it's something along the lines of, the war when you when you when you when you when do you well enough build a longer build table, a longer table a longer and not a higher fence, fence. Something along those lines. when you've got more than you need yes build a longer table and not a higher fence yes and i think that just sums it up it's amazing really point. well yeah uh, and that story obviously um definitely fits uh fits into that kind of quote so mm. yeah Ending it there, man. It's been an awesome chat. Really enjoyed having you on. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I hope I hope you guys, you know, can definitely take some stuff away from this conversation. I feel like I'll be going back and re-listening and going, you know what? I think I can I can get this kind of stuff into my own life. Mm. So thank you for that. Thanks, brother. Thanks for your time. Good luck with everything. And um, yeah, look forward to catching up again whenever we're back in back in Bali. Thank you, my man. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cheers, mate. Hi guys, we got here. The end of another great conversation with someone who has much to offer to the world. What did you think? Did Matt have you looking inward? He certainly got me thinking mid-conversation about a couple of things. The thing that stands out for me is the conversation around social media and how much time we spend on our phones. Can you honestly remember the posts you double-tapped, the ones you liked on Instagram yesterday? Is the time we mindlessly spend on our phones taking over our lives? Are we missing the opportunity for more meaningful connections and experiences? It's something I'll be thinking about, without a doubt. Let me know if you have any tips for limiting time on your phone or other devices and how you maximize your time really living life on this planet. Matt can be reached on Instagram at matt underscore karma and also at mattkarma.com. So please send him a message if you enjoyed the conversation today and take a screenshot, share it on your social networks and let your family and friends know about it. If you enjoyed the show, before exiting out of this app, please hit the review button and leave uh, the show a short write-up and chuck us some stars while you're there. Uh, It's really greatly appreciated. I know it seems trivial, but it really does help in this big world of algorithms. 
Next week, I have an amazing guest lined up for you. He is extremely well known in the land of Australia and has spent quite a bit of time in the USA as well. Until then, keep it plant-based, guys. Be nice to each other and have a great week.